And the Oscar goes to, by a nose, Nicole Kidman. Hi, Lammy. Hi, Sam. <laughs> I'm so nervous about this. Yes. Welcome back. Thank you. I can't believe I'm back. You're back. Um, only live guest, only two peak guest for two full episodes. What? What? Um, welcome back to the stage. John Lamb time. Hey. Um, I figured in keeping with our tradition of last time, we should probably be drinking. Um, so I have a nice little white claw cracked here. And um, um, I, have, I think you're drinking too. Yes, I have a glass of um, Picton Bay Sauvignon Blanc. <laughs> that was really good. That was very explosive. Uh, you also have um, a sp- not to sell you out. Oh. You also have a sprite, which I thought was really delightful. Yeah, I had a sprite. I had um, a shot of vodka before we started in honor of one of the characters. Oh, is that what it was? When you sent me that photo, I thought you were being cute and you were pouring your wine into the little cup and then your sprite into the big oh cup. God. And now I'm realizing that that's not what that was. <laughs> You're disgusting. Um, I was trying to prepare for this because I literally don't know what I'm doing anymore. So I started this white claw early. So at some point you're going to hear me like get up, open my fridge <laughs> and then just the nice soothing crack. Lovely. of a, What flavor? A tasty white claw. Let's it's, reveal. I knew you were going to ask. It's black cherry. Mm, not my favorite, but we'll accept it for the pod. Oh, rank, rank. The oh white my God. No, cherry. I can't. I can't. I, I am not. <laughs> I am not well. Don't spit all over my computer. This is going to be so bad. I am not well versed enough in the white claw flavors or any of the family. I'm just like I'm like there's the there's truly there's white claw, there's Henry's. Oh, okay. So peek behind the curtain. I should full disclosure. I should tell you that in the fridge right now I have two more of these little um, bitches. blonde bitches, these little white claws. <laughs> And then, <laughs> yeah, and then I have two lime trulies, but I don't love the lime flavor. Mm. So maybe that's controversial. I don't know. They all are just, they don't have enough alcohol for me is all I'm going to reveal. <laughs> okay, great. <laughs> Let's keep going. Um, guests clearly remember this world-class banter from uh, the Golden Compass episode, mm-hmm. our... And the namesake of our award, which I went on hiatus before ever announcing. So we're going to do that at the end, maybe. (laughs) Um, I don't even know where to start. I guess I should start by saying that there hasn't been a new episode in six months, which isn't news to anyone that is listening. Uh, But there also hasn't been a new Nicole Kidman film in six months. So... I don't know what you want from me. Uh, there is a lost episode. I don't think I've ever said this on air, but there is a lost episode oh. that I probably will never air. Um, maybe I'll start a Patreon and people can have it. But uh, there are like four movies that we haven't covered um, that maybe I'll get around to in someday. But the long and short of it is uh, I have anxiety and I can't do this very often anymore. Um, but we're back. Yay. Lammy's back. I'm here. We're here. We're here to talk about another golden topic. Um, We're here to talk about the goldfinch. Oh, wow. I never realized that. The golden. The only reason I saw it was because my episode guide is sorted alphabetically. Mm. Well, I mean, yeah. Makes you think. Much to think about. Yes, I know. Um, Yeah, so we're here to talk about the goldfinch. 
another book, um, another book adaptation mm-hmm. um, that I was probably equally excited about um, and also as worried about the Golden Compass. Um, mm-hmm. And speaking of the Golden Compass, um, are we all excited about the HBO version coming out? Uh, I'll answer on behalf of the audience. Um, I love Ruth Wilson, so yes. <laughs> um, what about um, some of the other characters who are, or other actors who are in the uh, at this adaptation from HBO? The literally the only other person that I know that's in it off the top of my head is Lin Manuel Miranda, um, and. I don't have a comment about that particular <laughs> casting choice. I'm honestly surprised that you even said his name. I stumbled through <laughs> it, but um, yeah, Lin-Manuel, uh, I don't know if he's been tweeting about it. I have him Mm-mm. blocked and muted yeah. within an inch of his life. <laughs> it almost makes me... I not... heard he was on the Emmys last night, topical. <laughs> no. um, yeah, I, I kind of am very reluctant to watch it just because of his participation. But I think that, you know, miniseries will benefit this this whole book series better than the one movie we got out of um, the, the movie that I talked about previously on the podcast. And similarly with The Goldfinch, um, I think this book could have benefited from a miniseries adaptation as well. Um, I think my only thoughts about the book versus the movie, just diving right in, um, are that the book and the movie follow each other pretty similarly, but it's a 734-page book um, written by Donna Tartt. We should say her name. Um, Amazing author. She has two other books that are really great and some short stories um, that are also equally as good. Um, But... As you can imagine, condensing 734 pages into a movie that is something like two hours and 15 minutes long, um, you lose a lot of the subtlety and character development and plot devices. Uh, But it's still, you know, it's still, as I said, follows this similar path as the book. Um, I was just looking up to see how long she had like a screenwriting. No, to see if she had like a screenwriting credit. Oh, no, no, no. She has literally had nothing to do with the movie. Great. Glad I asked. Um, (laughs) Wonderful. (laughs) Has not spoken on it. She has not been on a press tour. She has literally done nothing. Oh, interesting. I mean, obviously to like some degree, she at least like allowed it to be adapted. Right, right. But she has no um, supervision, okay. no credits, other than the um, writer. Fascinating. Right. Uh, before I t- talk about like my experience seeing this, and I guess yours, um, it, I, I truly know no- next to nothing about the book. I like <laughs> eluded me. I don't really have any intention of reading it now. Um, the consensus, kind of like on the ground uh, at TIFF where I saw it, um, was that like the book is like either zanier or like funnier like the tone is perhaps a lot lighter is that something that you co-sign on um i i think donna tart has like an incredible way of writing that i have never actually i can't compare her to another writer just there's so much vibrancy and 
and um, unique writing quality to her books that I'm like literally always surprised by how good of a writer she is. Um, so all of her books are just fascinating and interesting people and really surprises all over. So yeah, this, this movie definitely felt a little bit more toned down from the way that the book was written. Okay. Interesting. So all of her writing is like, um, like a Patty Harrison tweet (laughs) is what you're saying. Um, I mean, I, I compare her to a famous Twitter's personality. <laughs> uh, is she like drill? She is like, um, let's go with uh, Megan Stalter. Oh, that's good. <laughs> okay, great. Um, do you want to talk? So again, to get this out of the way, you are obviously planning to see this, but I did forcibly make you see it. Yes. This week. Um, um, do you want to talk through that experience? <laughs> <laughs> um, I have been, I mean, I've been counting down, wanting to see it since I heard that they were making it, very reluctant to actually see it because of all the reviews, um, especially, I, I believe, your review where you said that you were laughing through <laughs> the last part of the movie. Um, and uh, Oh, I don't know if I, maybe, I, I don't think I said that. I oh. think I just said that it was really long. Oh. Sorry, maybe just... I think I tweeted or logged. Like, the thing about the goldfinch is that it's very boring. The other thing is that it's also very long. It is very long. I would I would argue that it's not boring um, and that there's quite a lot happening in it. Um, but... Uh, okay, interesting. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. Um, I, I saw the movie. I saw it by myself. I was forced to go by you so we could record this podcast, but I was very happy that I saw it. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I did not. What theater did you go to? Not to be too uh, local. But... I went to the Alamo in uh, downtown LA. Um, my boyfriend, Jory, went to see Downton Abbey at the same time because neither of us wanted oh, to see, see the other movie. <laughs> <laughs> What we should have actually done is had Jory on for a Downton Abbey podcast because that is the, I mean, it's the best movie of 2019. Wow. So good. Okay. Um, I have never, I don't think I've ever seen an episode of Downton Abbey. So. Uh, it's so good. Also, it, it like transcends good or bad. It just is so nice. Yeah. Um, also, if you want, you can submit your ticket stub um, to Kid Manifesto Incorporated for reimbursement since this is a job-related expense. <laughs> um, I'll, I'll email it to you. <laughs> Thank you. I feel so bad for um, anyone who has to listen to this podcast. I hope that people can um, tell us apart. I, that's like never been a thing in our real-life friendship that I've ever encountered, but so many people said that to yes. both of us. Yeah, um, it's just uh, it, we're already at thirteen minutes of just un unknowing who is who speaking. I'm so sorry. Well, at least this time, like the voice of I liked this movie will just be you. <laughs> Whereas, like last time, we were both pretty like unhappy. Yeah. One question about uh, the His Dark Materials: Do you know off the top of your head who is playing the Ava Green role? If not, I no, I don't. Because that would make I, me I would interested. I would love it if it was Ava Green. She can only play witches for the rest of her life. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm looking it up right okay. now. Sorry. That's fine. Uh, let's see. 
This is going great. This is great audio content. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Love the dead air. Uh, Serafina clan witch number one is billed before Serafina Pecola, which is real rude. Uh, also, that's one of the few things I took from this episode or was remembering her name. I'm glad that uh, you remember that. It's a woman whose name I don't recognize. Uh, she is best known for playing a character named Betty in a movie called A Street Cat Named Bob. Wow. So apparently she was recurring on the strain, but that's her second credit. A Street Cat Named Bob is the uh, top one. So that was a great use of yep. audio time. <laughs> yeah. I feel like I've seen two different trailers for this uh, miniseries, and I still haven't seen anything well the first one was like very um uh demon heavy damon heavy uh also do you think that um kristen scott thomas is going to get a chance to revoice that snow leopard after they cut all her lines in the original one no there is no continuity they are they are (laughs) going for new blood every all across the board (sighs) oh Um, I guess I should talk about seeing this. Uh, yeah, tell us, so I did... tell us oh, about God. your if experience. Yeah, so I did not go to the uh, gala premiere of this, um, but I was walking by kind of on the street that they block off where like the big celebs will come out. Um, did not see the Nicole portion. I don't know if she got there. I imagine she was probably one of the last people to get there and I was there kind of early. Um, But I do know that she, uh, in a move very similar to when she broke form and, like, interrupted Sandra Bullock's Oscar red carpet commentary a couple years ago, she, like, broke out of the guarded red carpet section to go see, like, a further out section of her fans because she's... Really? So I do love that. Yeah. And that was uh, captured on her Instagram story. Uh, So I didn't see the, the premiere, but I did go the next day um and for those of you i guess who haven't been oftentimes like cast and crew that are there for the premiere will sometimes stay for later premieres if they're doing press and things like that so it's not uncommon there was definitely a chance that i thought i would see her um but what i will say is i saw this at the light box one of the main theaters there and uh only the director was there which is like not a great sign for the film it means that like people kind of did like the bare minimum so like similarly natalie portman was only there for one night for lucy in the sky which we can talk about later um and you know maybe they had other conflicts or things like that but not a great sign uh for the movie as far as nicole is concerned um and i think quite a few people left between the movie ending and uh the director's Q and a, um, which again, maybe they had another film to catch, but, uh, I saw it with a mostly engaged TIFF audience early in the festival. Um, and, um, it was fine. (laughs) It was worse than fine, but it wasn't terrible. (laughs) Did you hear or see that, um, Ansel posted like a fan made video about Mm -hmm. how poorly it's done? Yeah, so that's on my list of things to talk about. We may as well get into it. Are you talking about the one where he was scrolling to the tune of the song? Because that's the one I'm thinking of. It's like, uh, like a on his story. No, I think it was posted to his regular account, and it's like a very well edited thing with like critics quotes and 
Um, I think we might be talking about the same thing. It has like oh, okay. smash cuts to like yes, Rotten Tomatoes. Yes, yes, like, yes, the... yes, 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 yes. <laughs> yeah, it has like so it has like the critic score, which is like a thirty, and right. it has like the audience score, which is like a seventy, which like again, not great. Um, but it has like that circled. But yeah, he's like maybe maybe he screen recorded his own post and him going through it because there's like narration, oh. but he's like scrolling along to the tune of whatever song is playing. It's it's so unwell. Yeah. I felt bad um, for him. Did you also? Did you also see? Um, there. <laughs> did you see the t- video on Twitter of like that? Those two men getting in a fight at AMC. Yes, and then um, I forget who it was, but someone retweeted it, and it said, "What? Uh, said, <laughs> what movie did they see?" <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. So that was the original tweet, but someone right. tweeted it today, and I guess I can just say this person's name because I don't follow him. Um, but. I guess David Ehrlich naturally gave it a bad review. And I say naturally, not because he has bad reviews, just because I think globally critics gave it not great reviews, but it was like <laughs> David Ehrlich and Ansel Elgort's mom fighting after a screening of a goldfinch. Oh my God. I saw the one that said a 9am screening of the goldfinch. <laughs> so there are oh. multiple versions of this meme going around. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, that one had, well, I saw one that said leaving me leaving a 9am screening of the goldfinch by yeah. Myself, and it was the video of Florence Pugh crying in Midsummer. Oh. oh my god, this movie is just fodder. It's so sad. Oh, and the last Twitter thing I'll say is essentially a recap of this, which is just like something about its lukewarm reviews, but at least it gave us this like rich meme culture. <laughs> I know past uh uh Pascal Sionna Murray is like full goldfinch standum. Um, and wrote one of the, like, why the goldfinch isn't as bad as we all think articles. So she's at least in the stand camp. Well, I I mean, I'm just going to come right out and say that I am too. Like, I, I don't think it's a bad movie. I think people are piling on. <laughs> and I mean, I, I definitely acknowledge the fact that I am able to fill in some of the gaps with my knowledge mm-hmm. of the book. And that probably, like, leads to my positive review of it. But, like, I still don't think it was a bad movie. I I think I'm mostly there with you. I don't think it's, like, a... Maybe I've already said the phrase objectively bad. <laughs> I don't think it's objectively bad. But <laughs> I think it suffers from, yeah, from a lot of, A, just, like, hype from the adaptation and kind of, like, a... a it's not really star-studded, but there are, like, stars in the cast. I mean, it is, like, a prestige cast. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. It has, like, Deacon's a cinematographer, which I think that's one of the best things about this movie. Um, there was the cinematography, as the Sopranos meme says. Um, yeah, I just, it feels, like, really inert to me and, like, mm-hmm. trends on a little bit boring. But I don't think it's, like, a horrible movie. Like, Losing right. the Sky is a horrible movie. Oh, uh, no. I know. Sorry. Sorry to, like, burst that open live on air, but... It's it's like really the time that fronts. I made you watch Vox Lux at TIFF. Yeah, although I will say it in Natalie's defense, Vox Lux is a movie that at least I never stopped thinking about uh, mm. after I saw it and like revisited it. And the songs are earwormy and I love Stacey Martin in it. And uh, like, I think there are good parts about it. Um, whereas like Lucy in the Sky like is a movie that I have almost completely forgotten already, like short of the parts that made me really upset (laughs) oh wow it's just boring it's crazy that a story that interesting could be so boring right 
Um, and wait, okay, I so, want to touch on one more thing about the goldfinch before we like dive in. Please, um, please keep us on topic. Was was there not like um a bunch of discussion about it being completely like re-edited? Or am I mixing that up with something else? Oh, um, no, there was, and not to keep talking about TIFF, but this time last year at the festival. I distinctly remember, because Nicole was there for both Destroyer and Boy Erased, people talking about, like, yeah, the first, like, test screenings of the Goldfinch um, have just happened. And uh, this part might be hearsay, but I distinctly remember someone saying, like, it was they had an audience of people that had read the book. And they said, like, it was, like, impossible to follow. It, like, was wrong. And it was, like, basically a huge flop. And this was a full year ago. Interesting. Um, because this movie did have some delays. Obviously, they were intending like a big holiday release, which they got. But um, yeah, I think that's right in line with what you're saying. Hmm. I would love to see that version just to see why people. The gold binge cut. Yep. Um, on my list, everything says the gold binge, by the way. I can't not think about that now. It's been so hard to say it correctly. I know. And I have friends who don't even know you and who are calling it the gold binge. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure I'm not the only one, but it does make me laugh every single time. Um, do you want to just, do you want to just get into it? Yeah, sure. Let's do it. Uh, the movie jumps around. Yes. And, uh, and now yeah. I'm like, I'm going to go into another, like we're starting and I'm already ready for a rant. Um, Great. This movie starts with the ending. Um, not the ultimate ending, but it it starts, you know, flash forward, which is really weird because I just saw Where'd You Go, Bernadette? And that also starts with the ending, which I think these both of these movies failed by doing that. Um, I don't understand at all how the Goldfinch benefited from showing, like, Theo in the throes of his you know, potential suicide. Um, Mm -hmm. And then immediately flashing back to, you know, his childhood. And that's exactly what happens in Where'd You Go Bernadette 2, where she, like, it immediately spoils where Bernadette goes. Right. And that's like, and you had mentioned, like, to me via text after seeing it, like, in the book, it is, um, like, a really joyous surprise to learn that. Whereas, like, I've yes. only seen the trailer. I only knew this movie as like yeah. the Antarctica movie. Yeah. So I don't know. I don't understand. It's very weird to me that this is a trend into book to movie adaptation movies that are like that parallel each other in a really weird way. And I w- would love to know why that's a trend. Yeah, I, it's this trend and Ben Pollock, shout out to Ben Pollock, is always tweeting about how he hates like when Housewives episodes start like in media res. And <laughs> I just like, I think it like applies to these films too, where it's like, trust that you're, I mean, your audience is like in a chair, trust that they'll be like there throughout, you know, and like let them right. get to it. But yeah, it's a weird place to start. Um, at least they kind of, and correct me if I'm wrong, like, at least the stuff with the mother, kind of like the earliest sequence chronologically, at least that kind of plays out over time. And you kind of get that, like, you only ever see the full sequence at the very end. Like, that feels rewarding. That's like a credit mm-hmm. to the movie, I will say. 
I'll say something positive at this point. <laughs> but I, I can say something negative about that because wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> the whole the whole book starts with like a lot of background about Theo and his mom and about how close their relationship is and mm. how terrible it is that he loses her. Um, so that it, it yeah, it, the movie yeah. doesn't have any of that, and it any puts a that. lot on Ansel Elgort which like it's not even in the script necessarily. So it's like has to be communicated in the way that he perhaps recounts the experience, which like not a disservice to him hugely, but like, I don't know that he pulls that off necessarily. That's a big no. task. Yeah. Um, but <laughs> I feel like no one is going to have any idea of what, what we're talking about. Um, we're just like really diving in here. Um, oh, I was going off the assumption that people have either like, read the book or the movie but yeah do you want to give like a long line for this film um i don't know um it's a story about a kid (laughs) (laughs) i keep almost i keep taking a sip when you go to start speaking and then almost just spitting out my white claw Um, all over the microphone yeah i mean it's a movie that starts with the ending um and yeah also i'm still gonna be listening uh while you give this explanation because i have airpods in but just know that i'm getting another white claw while you describe this movie um it's a movie about a kid who goes to a museum with his mom and um while they are at the museum they are looking at a framed painting of a goldfinch (laughs) the titular goldfinch um and the child Theo's mom goes to look at another painting and we, I mean, I, I don't know how much I should explain because it doesn't really just get that, it out. Okay. Mention it um, all. While she's look, going to look at this other painting, there is a terrorist attack and a bombing. Um, and she dies in the museum. Theo survives and ends up, you know, in the rubble, taking the painting of the goldfinch, and that sets our story in motion. Um, Is that accurate? I, yeah, that was great. Um, I have a new white claw. I'm ready to go. Right. Uh, can I ask? So, one of the things I was trying to figure out is like specifically when in time this movie takes place. Yeah, that's a good and question. Like one, one of the best clues that I had was like. And this only depends on how accurate like props are, which I assume is very, but the other girl who I just know has a crazy name, but I can't remember. Is it Pippa? It's Pippa. Pippa. Are you yeah. going to talk about her, <laughs> her iPod? I am going to talk about her iPod. So it's like not a first generation iPod. No. It's like an iPod video or something. So that puts that at like post 2001, like pre right. 2007. So it's a post 9-11 world is really what yes. I'm getting at. Yes. And is I that agree. like, is that even mentioned in passing in the book? It just feels important being no. in the same city to like not acknowledge that. Okay. I don't, I don't think it's acknowledged and I don't think it's necessarily um, relevant to the story other than it's a fairly modern story. Right. It just feels kind of like an elephant and it's in the room mm-hmm. and it's like mm-hmm. to not acknowledge it, perhaps it's a surrogate for it. Anyway, I don't think um, it's meant to be a surrogate, but I do think it is intended to be like a, we, we as New Yorkers have experienced this before. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. And then you do kind of see like Theo at various ages has cell phones and things like that. But it was something that was like, until I saw that iPod, I was like, and even through that, I was like very hung up on the fact about like needing to know what it was. (laughs) Um, Um, Do you think that also the only other thing I'm going to say about this sequence is the trailer obviously shows the bomb going off in every single trailer. And like, not unlike a Vox Lux situation where there is like that very graphic school shooting at the beginning. Um, like, I just think it's better to not show that. Like, you can communicate that his mom is dead in the trailer. Yeah. Without revealing that, maybe. But yeah. maybe it's important to, sh- like, every trailer also is like, he stole the goldfinch. And it's like, do you need to tell that? I, I feel like. I, like the movie suffers from trying to incorporate every part of the book into a movie. And then the trailer suffers from trying to include every part of the movie into the trailer. Mm-hmm. Like they are, they are, they don't believe in the intelligence of the viewer at all at any point. Yeah. You don't even, you don't even see, and we'll get to her, but like, you don't even see Sarah Paulson in the trailer until like a second and a half before it's over and she's like probably the entire middle third like yeah arc and the the associated characters are like <laughs> the entire middle third of the movie right right um, it, it yeah it is a movie that or I, I guess it is a book that has so many twists and turns and um dead ends and restarts that they all kept into the movie and so trying to boil that down into a trailer is insane yeah i think the restarts like i think those just like simply don't pan out on film yeah because there's a lot of especially in the adult theo sections there's a lot of like oh it's this time that he's at like the furniture shop and like why is that different than like the next time that he's coming like he knows so so little now this time than like 30 minutes ago when we saw right him. right i mean there's an entire part where he well look i'm we're getting ahead of ourselves i'm just gonna stop we're let's let's go through the movie because it sure. is yep yep um let's see so i did take notes in the alamo draft house on the little order cards in the dark mm. uh, did someone try to take your order at the end and it was just like Amazon Studios <laughs> was like, is your first no. note? My first note is Amazon Studio. <laughs> Can I say one quick thing about that? This yeah. is like a story of a story, so it's not funny. Um, but uh, at at the <laughs> at the festival, Meg Shields, who probably not listening to this, uh, told me that whoever she was seeing a movie, it, it was either it was one of the Amazon Studios properties there. Um, when the Amazon Studios logo came up, the friend leaned over to her and just whispered, that's how you know it's good. And I like, oh my God. can't stop thinking about that and how stupid that is. But it reminds me of just like saying like, that's the goldfinch when you see the goldfinch on oh screen. My God. But that's how you know it's good. For me, I was like, oh, this explains a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, I'm trying to think. The only other Amazon Studios project I can think of is um, Suspiria. I mean, I know there are others, but yeah, it's. I mean, it is a weird movie in the way that I feel like it got bad press, but has and and like I felt like there was no one famous in it besides Nicole Kidman, and then I started thinking about it, and I was like, oh wow, there were a lot of like big big names in this. 
you're denying um, the stardom of one Oaks Fegley, who I feel like we should probably get into since he's most of the first third. I don't know who that is. Is that the child? That's that's yeah, that's uh, um, young Theo. Just how I wrote. Okay, name. I wrote. How did they get an adult child? <laughs> sorry, did movie. you read? Okay, I'm so sorry, but did you read that story today about like um, this woman who thought she was adopting a like, yes, a oh my god, a twenty two year old. <laughs> Is that what Oaks Fegley is? Yep. Yep. Absolutely. Oh. Um, that yeah, what, I'm sorry. What did yeah. you write about him? Oh, I just, I just was so, I, I don't understand how they got a child that's an, also an adult to star in, in this He's movie. very, he's, listen, he's very mature. I watched um, like some of the round tables with him and he's a well-spoken kid. Yeah. I mean, he truly looks like a child, but is playing as an adult actor very also i will go on the record and say i think it's a decent performance yeah no i thought um he was was great um i i will say out of the tiff films that i saw um the jojo rabbit kid in terms of like a movie because these movies both put a lot on these children mm -hmm. uh, to kind of carry the storytelling i think the jojo rabbit kid um edges them out just a little bit uh, I will yeah, never see that movie, so... Um. It's... I... Listen, I'm gonna go on record on air forever and ever saying that I liked it. I recognize its flaws, but I think Scarlett Johansson is very good in that movie, which makes me even sadder to say on air forever <laughs> in posterity. Um, but uh, it's... Yeah, I'll say it's good. Wow. You know, I've lost all credibility. Please continue. Okay. Um, I... <laughs> my... my... <laughs> I mean, we've already been over my first note, Amazon Studios, and then it starts with the ending. Um, we've also been over that. The next note is it only takes two minutes until we get Nicole Kidman on screen. Yeah, she's in it, like, early and often. To the early! I didn't realize what a big part of this movie she was going to be. Because yeah. she shows up throughout, but specifically in this first third, she is, I mean, she's the like the entire plot device. Right. She's um, basically his surrogate mom. Um, he chooses their, the, um, sh shit, what's their name? Um, the family's name the family is... family name? Oh, God, I have no idea. The, oh, the barbers. The barbers, like the jacket, mm. barber. Um, he chooses right. them uh, because he has no living relatives. He chooses to live with them because he knows the her son, her youngest son, who I don't remember his name because he's not important. Um, I'm pulling. I'm just gonna pull up the IMDb page because I know I'm Andy. Is it Andy? Um, everyone has a messed up name except for the small one. Oh Platt. yeah, one of them's named Platt. Platt. Is the fuck up one? But he, um, Nicole loves him. That's, yeah, that's the one that he, like, meets in the bar later. Uh, right. And then Kitsy is the older girl. <laughs> when you said her name to me the other day, I, like, <laughs> just thought you were making something up. Um, yeah. Man, he's billed really low. Uh, yeah, I think it's Andy. I can't even find him on here. We're going to go with Andy. Wait, who the hell is Welty? Is his name Welty? Welty is the husband. Okay. No, Welty... <laughs> No, no, no. Welty is um, 
Blackmore mm, Blackmore mm, partner. Jesus Christ. Um, I'm looking at this list and it's literally like I suddenly have dyslexia for the first time in my life. But what's mm. Blackmore? It's uh something in Blackmore. Wow, please Hobart. I'm like you Hobart Hobie. Hobie is his name's Hobie. Right. And then Welty Blackmore. Well, this has been productive. <laughs> yep. Uh, yeah, they're all rich. Nicole is wearing the first of three wigs that she gets. Yes. I three distinct ones, because there's, like, this one, and there's, like, Old Lady 1, and there's, like, Old Lady 2. Yeah, I, I was telling get Jory after... <laughs> I was telling Jory after, the, after I saw it, I was like, they, like, go in on Nicole Kidman getting old. <laughs> she has a nice, like, um, like, a gray Laura Bush wig in the first part. Right. It's, like, not and, terrible. And then they, and then, and the like, when she gets really old, they, I feel like they spent her wig budget on her face makeup where they just like make her look so old. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm mixing yeah. them up. Yeah. The, the Laura Bush one is like the second one, I think. Cause the first yeah. one is like, it's straight and it's like, right. A less aggressive. It's, it's like, long. Yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. Yes. Oh, speaking of which, I literally wrote Celeste. I feel like it is a Celeste wig. Mm, yeah, it's it's very it's in the realm of a Celeste, and then the third one yeah. is just like it's like top of the lake old woman wig. <laughs> when are you doing top of the lake? Um, I will say that's not the last episode, but that's also not really on my short list. Maybe I'll do it. Who knows? Hmm. You I've should just get. Um, I'm ready to you go. Should just, you should just do a short episode and get someone to summarize it in two minutes. Okay, if there are any takers, email me. Um, oh my god, it's gonna take us 17 hours to get through this. I know, and I really thought we would get through it fast, not like the, um, the Golden Compass, but, uh, I think this is what happens when you get you and I talking about stuff when we're (laughs) inebriated. This is good. He has a ring. We don't really know why yet. Yes. It says Blackwell. I keep, I kept saying Blackmore before, but it's Blackwell, isn't it? Mm Mm-hmm. Blackwell. He has a ring. Um, Nicole Kidman finds it. She thinks it's his. She says it's Carnelian. He says, okay. (laughs) (laughs) Then we pan, like we cut to him in the rain going to an antique store and him by him. I mean, Theo, um, he is the, the store is closed. He goes downstairs. He rings the green bell. Um, the guy from Hunger Games answers the door mm-hmm. and lets him in. And it turns out that the ring owned it. The ring belonged to his business partner, Hobart. But like, no. Blackwell. also romantic partner or just business partner? No, the movie I, toys with yes, that. I know. And that's like our first clue that there are like subtly gay things in this movie. Um, mm-hmm. and book. Um, one, the inclusion of Sarah Paulson. Two, this. Sarah Paulson, like, tanning on her Las Vegas porch. Oh, tan- tanning, to tanning to Jaiho, in parentheses, You yeah. Are My Destiny, featuring yes. Nicole Scherzer. <laughs> um, which also really helped me landlock the timeline. I was like, oh, this yes. is like 2007. <laughs> There we go. Yep, we have our answer. Um, and then, and then we get another flashback um, that Theo was 
the reason Theo didn't go with his mom and therefore survived the terrorist bombing was because he was cruising this little girl named Pippa who he meets in the antique store. And she was like injured by the blast and can no longer play the flute. Mm, mm -hmm. She's listening to like classic music. She has like half her head shaved. She asks him what his favorite music is. And he says Beethoven. And then they listen to he, she can't listen to it. Yeah. She can't listen to it. And then um, the guy from Westworld comes in and is like, you can stay here. Oh, he is in Westworld. I've seen Mm -hmm. a couple episodes (laughs) of that. Uh, Okay, so they're not partner partners. They're just I don't partners. think so. It's unclear. He says like this was he says like this was um Welty's room and it's like a room. completely separate bedroom, which But like, that doesn't fine. mean that they're not romantically involved. No, it doesn't. In fact, in a perfect world, like if I ever met him was like has right. bedrooms, yeah. Um, um what ha- how does he get from there? Do they just, does he just random, does Nicole Kidman tell him eventually that like his dad has laid claim to him? They show up, they show up at the house, no. right? Right, so, so there, I, 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 wow, I can't talk. Uh, I do leap forward in my notes to that, but there's the whole drama of whether or not Theo will get to go to their like summer vacation with them. And right oh, when right. he thinks he's about to go, it turns out that his dad and his girlfriend are there to pick him up when he comes back from uh, his dad played by Luke Wilson and his dad's girlfriend played by Sarah Paulson, whose name is Zandra with an X. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Um, They take him to like, well, Vegas. Wait, okay. This is a Nicole Kidman podcast. (laughs) This is a Nicole Kidman podcast. She leans right. down, she grabs his face, and she says, Goodbye, Theo. You are an awfully good guest. And then he Whoa. zipped away to Las Vegas. <sighs> this is the thing that I remember from the trailer, which is like they are um like the only people that live in the, like a neighborhood that is not surrounded by anything, and also they're right. the only people there because like everyone has foreclosed. Which is like exactly. very reminiscent correct, of correct. my childhood because we were we moved into like an actual model home and we're like the only people in our neighborhood. Oh wow! Uh, it was very it was very surreal. And as people started moving in, we would like play laser tag like in semi constructed houses, and that's like how I split my head open. Uh, but yeah, all these shots of just like empty neighborhoods. I was like, <gasps> no. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um... That is directly out of the book. Um, they, you know, they go into a, they, the, the period in Las Vegas, I feel like is very long in the book. Like mm-hmm. that actually takes up a lot of it. Um, it's extremely abbreviated in the book or in oh, the movie. I felt, like it was, I felt like it was long in the movie tale. Oh. <laughs> well, then uh, you didn't mainly because I find, and we'll get to it, but mainly because I find all of the Boris stuff insufferable. Oh, that's because they didn't, they, there was no way that they could have treated the Boris stuff correctly in a movie. 
Well, they didn't it's start like, off on a good foot by casting Finn Wolfhard to play someone from okay. Eastern Europe. <laughs> you are. I hope this movie leaping. ruins his career. So, you are leaping so far ahead right now. I uh, I need we, to. We are on a time crunch. No, we're not. Okay. What What um, do you have to say? You, we're not. Okay. We can talk for forever. Who the fuck cares? Um, I actually do need to take a break so I can go to the bathroom. Okay. Why don't you do that? <laughs> do I have to press anything? No. Okay. I'll be right back. <laughs> okay, I'm back. Welcome back. Thank you. All right, um, so what did I skip over? Okay, um, so we immediately find out that Luke Wilson sucks. Um, there is the first use of drugs, I feel like. Well, besides the like very beginning. But this is like the first time that... Um, we see like drug use in as like Theo as a child. And then we immediately flash for flash forward to Theo as, I don't know what do we think he is like 20. Yeah, sure. Um, and it's the evil guy from true blood. That's all I know him as. Do you know him? Yeah. Dennis O'Hare. Yeah. Um, he was in Assassins. He was in. He shows up in things. I think he was in the Lizzie Borden remake uh, mm-hmm. he, with um, with uh, Chloe Sevigny. Mm-hmm. I need to see that. It's fine. It's good. I mean, there's like lesbian tension the whole time, and Ooh. Chloe and Kristen are both good. Interesting. Kristen Stewart. Um, yeah, he's there. Yeah, she's the. Oh, wow. um, She's like the housemaid. Um, Jory just that, saw like, her. Helps construct the alibi. I know. Yeah, there was a Kristen Stewart swatting. Was that this morning? <laughs> no, it was like two days ago. <laughs> okay, listen, I have no concept of time. Okay, anyway. Um, and we find out that uh, Theo has been selling the antiques from the antique store as like true antiques but they're actually like remakes of yeah we get this scene with like child Theo where like Jeffrey Wright explains like that he does restorations and like here's how you can tell and he's like but like the key with this is is like my name is my brand and so like when I sell this I have to say like the upholstery is new whereas like Theo without him knowing is taking those and being like this is the real Mona Lisa. I don't know. This is like a real chair. That's not a real chair. Exactly. Um, and so we find out that fascinating, like, fascinating yeah. content. For this oh, we find out that like Theo is a bad person when he grows up. Mm-hmm. Um, and weirdly, this is also the time where we see old Nicole Kidman for the first time, even though we like know nothing about it's such a weird like back and forth. None of this makes sense mm-hmm. that we're like explaining it this way, but this is how the movie works. Um, and we um, we see old Nicole Kidman because after Theo is accused of being you know a bad person, um, he's walking on the street and um, Platt bumps into him right on the mm-hmm. street yeah. and it's like he must be at least 21 because they go and oh, right they go to a drink they get drinks yes you're right um and so platt who is nicole kidman's like oldest son sees theo takes him home and is like 
is this when Nicole Kidman is like a shut in? Yeah, because at the bar he tells him that like that um Andy, the younger brother that he was originally friend with, like drowned because right. like the whole family was into sailing except for him. Oh, um, we he's skipped like, over the fact see. that um Nicole Kidman Nicole Kidman's husband is bad and mean. And he and he's Yeah, like, but like as a Yeah, I barely remember him though. But like <laughs> the reason that um the the youngest son dies is because the dad is bipolar and goes off of his medication and takes the kids on a boat and then like loses control of the sail of the sailboat and the kid dies. Yeah, he describes like yeah. it getting out of control and then he like fell overboard. But yep. all of that is to say he's like, come see my mom. Like it would be like it would like mean the world to her. Right. And that's when you see her like shut in wig. Yes. And she's like literally in like a dimly lit room and has She's just like, Theo. Yeah. I always liked you. You always had a home with us. That's exactly. like not what she sounds like, but that's no, what she's saying. But that's it's the sentiment of a southern woman. <laughs> Thank she's, you. She's very um concerned and very happy that he's back. Um and he sees like on the way out, he sees like um kitsy and she's like fuckable now because right. they're like of age, right? And she talks about this guy named Tom Cable. Mm, yeah, not to be confused with right. Twitter's beloved DJ Tom Cable. I was like, what the hell? <laughs> Tom Cable. So weird. Um anyway, um yeah. Yeah, so- when we're talking about Theo, we're talking about former guest TJ Slipko. And right. when we're talking about Tom Cable, we're talking about Twitter's own DJ Tom Cable. Exactly. Um and then and so yeah, we find out that like Kits- Kitsy is really hot. Um, and she sometimes gets with this guy named Tom Cable. Mm-hmm. Which, like, and maybe you're going to tell me this is out of order, but can you just remind me what the payoff for that is? Because I remember his name showing up later, and I cannot remember why. Um, she, Theo's marrying. You can tell me we have to. You can tell me we have to wait if you want. We have to wait. It's like a major. Okay. <laughs> great oh i think i know what it is okay, i think okay. i know what it is you just talked me back into yeah. it yeah okay so then we flash and in... we flash back and this is where we meet finn wolfhard is that I his name put in sound effects for when we go back and forth um yeah then we meet i wrote stranger kids thing stranger things kid either way yeah. honestly um and uh that's when we meet him uh, and it's one of the most like I don't want to say offensive performances because it's not offensive in like the truly offensive sense although it is a little of that I just mean like offensive to me as a viewer it, of a it is really abrasive he is like character acting um, the whole thing is like it's like it's like Boris and Natasha level. It's just like truly. And crazy I, act I, the whole time I was watching him, like this child pretending to be an Eastern European, um, and just repeatedly going, ha, <laughs> my name is Boris. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. Um, that was I, a thing that if I had been taking notes, I would have written like, is this just a thing that he has in, well, and so in the, the book? That's that, why like, I was like, character. I was like really trying to remember the book and being like, did he just say ha a lot? But I, I truly think that was just 
his like little techniques to stay in character. I know this is jumping ahead, but I really quickly just want to say that while I'm looking at this guy, that I was convinced that older Boris was um, Gideon Glick. It's not Gideon Glick. I'm so sorry, sweetie, that anyone would ever say that about you. Um, but the guy that it is was A in Dunkirk. I don't remember. But B was in um, uh, another movie that I saw at TIFF, like probably on the same day. He was in the person of David Copperfield. And I don't remember making the connection. So this man had such a small impact on me. Also, I hated that movie. Anyway. (laughs) 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 I'm sweating. It's so hot in here. I'm almost out of White Claw. Oh no, you're chugging it. Um, I know, I'm gonna have to switch to Truly. Clink, clink, bitch. um, I, they, okay, so Theo's back. He's like a child again. He is going to school <laughs> he's tra- and he's transformed back into a child. Yeah, this is we're doing some um, Benjamin buttoning right now. Um, he go he's in school in Las Vegas. Um, he meets this kid. I'm trying to remember how did they meet. I don't know. It's not important. They are on they the bus don't. together. Um, Stranger Kids thing. Um, sits with him and the whole time also while I was trying to remember the ha thing I just kept remembering like I was like are they going to have this scene where they walk with each other with the umbrella because that was mm, a, yeah that walk. was that in, I remember from the second trailer so in the book in the book like that is they walked everywhere with an umbrella because it's Las Vegas and it's hot. It is a good, like, visually, it's a striking image of, like, the two yes. of them in the bright sunshine walking. I, li- I literally wrote iconic umbrella. <laughs> it is. It's good. It's like yeah. a dark shadows umbrella. I, I was really happy that they did it. Um, then we flash forward. Not really flash forward. We just, like, skip to them being at Dio's house with Zandra, who is Sarah Paulson. Uh, she is disgusting. But also kind of amazing. She works at a restaurant at on the strip, um, but clearly is always drinking white wine and always on some sort of downer. Um, mm-hmm. This Are is you gonna talk about the meme that you made today. <laughs> we get the iconic scene where um, Boris opens the cupboard and grabs a giant Ziploc of white pills. That's just marked with a stapled post-it note that says V, <laughs> v on it. Uh-huh. And um, Theo is like, oh yeah, those are Xantra's vitamins. V is for vitamins. <laughs> and Boris is like, oh, uh, V is for Vicodin. And and as we ha. Like, ha, ha. as we see that uh, they pan to uh Zandra out on the patio like spray tanning herself or misting herself with spray why can't I speak tanning oil and listening to Jai Ho Jai Ho exactly we should bring that song back we should not I no I don't I don't <laughs> okay I don't improve at all um let's probably let's... the biggest uh like Bollywood crossover hit of all time right um, and one of the worst movies ever made. Well, I'm not talking about that. I'm just talking about the song. The song? Oh. 
I mean, Kaiho is like the Bollywoods, like my heart will go on. Have you ever heard Penny's, or sorry, In My Pocket by Mandy Moore? <laughs> what does that have to do with this? It is a Bollywood hit. Okay, we can't. I cannot address that on this podcast. We have to move forward. Okay, um, um, we've the other, the only other important thing that we skipped over is that their dog is named Popper, which is the second gay oh, thing, yeah. <laughs> which is gay rights. <laughs> it's good too because it's especially great for like you and I because a it makes me think of poppers, but also makes me think of like little like jalapeno poppers, mm, which is my it's like a singular popper. <laughs> yeah. Um, anyway, um, next see. is like the Luke Wilson trying to like steal his money, right? Yeah, you can't tell me there's anything between that. Um, let's see. I mean, I, I like I said, there's like a lot of drugs. Um, they mention names they mention apple and blanket as weird names that people give their children oh mm-hmm. right because, time piece. because boris and theo stay home for thanksgiving and get like super fucked up which is an important oh yeah because like, sandra is like um basically you, is like we didn't not invite you right but like why would you want to come right to this like i don't know and this is like a very important unspoken part of the um of the movie because Theo like it's really really wasted. They there's a scene where Theo is smoking inside, and Boris is just throwing handfuls of Fritos at his face, mm-hmm. which is gross. I hate it. So gross. Um. Uh. And then Theo like they jump in the pool. They do drugs. Yeah, they nice shot good cinematography. That was great. Was the scene into the pool, um, and they're like lying next to the pool, and Theo and Boris are like touching hands. Um, then we get a flash. Oh, I'm sorry. We've skipped over the fact that he calls him Potter because he like looks. Like oh my god! I was trying like, to. Ign- I was trying to ignore it because I know that you would be upset about it. It's so stupid. Every single sentence, he's like, Potter. Potter. Ha, Potter. Potter, do you want to do vitamins with me? Ha. Yeah. Um, They're, like, touching hands next to the pool. And then we get, like, they jump into the pool. And Theo has a flashback of the museum and the the, um, explosion. He wakes up, you know, horrified. And he's in the same bed as Boris. Um, Oh, yeah. And they have like a little snug. They have a yeah, they're a little snug bug in a rug. Um, then this is when like he wakes up and Luke Wilson is like, here's a script. I wrote it for you. You need to call <laughs> yeah. your investor and tell them that I need sixty-five thousand dollars of your trust fund transferred to my account. We're gonna tell them that you're going to private school. Um, and you need all of this money. And which have you seen? There's no way you've seen or are going to see this movie, but you haven't seen Ad Astra, have you? Please. <laughs> I mean, I had to ask for the, for the record, but there's a scene in the, <laughs> but, the, 
there's a scene in the movie where they hand Brad Pitt a script and they're like, you're going to say this script into space in hopes that like your space dad, Tommy Lee Jones, is going to hear it on Neptune <laughs> via laser and then he's going to respond. What? It reminded me of this. That's all. Wow. I have no idea what this movie is about. Mm, it's it's not even it's bad, Astra. It's just fine, Astra. Space dad on Jupiter? He's on Neptune, please. Oh, sorry. Please. Okay, sorry. Chris, if he was on Jupiter. Okay. Um, okay, and then... So yeah, he oh, calls, he and calls. basically the lawyer is like... Yeah, fill it in. The lawyer is like, um, if we do that, we have to transfer it, like, direct to your account. And he's, like, on speaker. And yep. poor Oak Spegley is, like, really giving it the go, but yep. it's, like, not happening. And then um, Luke Wilson freaks the fuck out. Freaks out. He's screaming. It's a great scene. Um, Theo like runs. It's a scene. Of- I don't know. It's great. <laughs> it is. It's great. It's so expressive. It's one of the better scenes. Um, Theo's like running for his life away. This is another part from the book that like isn't really translated into the movie very well. But like Theo knows that if he can't stay with his dad, that he's basically like a what do you call it? Like a child work an award 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 hard <laughs> father yeah um that like if he's if he doesn't have a guardian then he's like going to be ab- taken by child services and so he's like yeah he's a ward of the state exactly a ward of the state that's the word i was looking the ward i was looking for <laughs> uh, uh and so he's like running away he doesn't know what to do um uh and he runs to he runs to Boris, Boris right and know. Boris is like Oh, does he take the dog or is that later? No, 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 this is later. Boris is like they comforts him and they're just like hanging out while they're avoiding his dad. Um cuz his dad is like fuck, I don't have $65,000. There's been we we skipped over the part that like there's a man named Mr. Silver who's looking for his dad. Um, and it's obvious that mm-hmm. like that Luke Wilson's in trouble um, and needs the $65,000. Boris is like, cool. We're going to have the best night of our lives. No one cares about your dad. Let's do acid. They do acid. Um, and then they go home. And because Theo thinks that no one's going to be there, turns out that there's a bunch of ladies <laughs> Ladies, women in <laughs> nice, nice ladies. <laughs> a bunch of nice ladies in the house and feels like I thought no one was gonna be here. Um Zandra like comes up to him and tells him that that uh Luke Wilson. Oh, that is, is dead. good. She's drunk as fuck he... and she goes up to him and she's like, Why are you yeah. laughing? Like your father is dead. <laughs> dead, yeah. Um and it is funny when like, they're like sitting on the stairs laughing at her. Yeah. Cause they're, they're like totally tripping. Um, and Xandra is like strung out crying on the couch. And it turns out that like Luke Wilson, what had like a 3.9. <laughs> he blew like point? Reese Witherspoon levels and like drove off into the desert. Yeah, exactly. And he had like d- drove into a wall um and killed himself uh and theo can't help but laugh because he's like just like out of his mind and xandra is not okay with that 
No. And then do they get left alone? She like leaves or goes to sleep. She passes out. She passes out. And Boris is like, oh yeah, she's like, uh, she's Oh, also Boris wants to fuck Do we need to talk about that? We did. did. No. (laughs) Okay. He he definitely does express that a lot. Yes, like, he does he's want. To, like, no, we should get talk with about her. it. He you does know? talk about it again though when he's an adult. Well, I mean, he's like a he's like a fifteen yeah, year old. Anyway, so they like and she's he was like I stayed with her later in the movie. Right, but the, but but because he was working for the same guy that like was trying to get $65,000 from Luke Wilson. We also skipped over the fact that Luke Wilson bets on sports games based on his astrological. Yeah. Uh, uh, So anyway, back to Theo's dad is dead. He knows he can't stay with Zandra. He knows that like, he has no future with any of these people here in Las Vegas. So he's like, I'm going to take whatever money I can get from this house. He's like going through all of Zandra's stuff. Not take popper. Um, and he's like, I'm going to take popper singular and go back to New York. And he's like, Boris, come with me, Boris, come with me, Boris, come with me. And Boris is like, I can't, I can't, I need to do something. I need to tell you something. I, and and this is like why Theo's freaking out because he's like, if I stay here any longer, like child protective services will come and I will be like a ward of the state and I don't know what will happen to me. So he leaves with the dog, gets on a bus and leaves Boris. When he's leaving, Boris is like, I need to tell you something. And instead of telling him anything, he just like grabs him and kisses him. So here's where I'll jump in and say that like, if you look up the words like the goldfinch on Tumblr, all you get is like Theo, Boris, like anime, like slash fiction. It's all you get. Yep. Yeah. Yes. And this was what I was saying. Like, there is no way that the movie could have done this well. Because it's like extremely, extremely subtle. It's all written out. There's no like spoken parts about the fact that like the two of them, this was like the, I I believe in the book, Theo says like, this is the truest love I will ever experience in my entire life. Because there's so much like flash forward, flash backward kind of stuff. Um, That's beautiful. But he truly was like, I feel like I really fucked up by not, pursuing this this was the only person who ever like really cared about me who ever loved me this was the closest Turns out he gets he person. sucks when he gets older too um, though or is the idea that like maybe he wouldn't have sucked if things were different exactly <gasps> like if they had like okay. stayed together <laughs> and then this becomes a big thing that like boris should have gone with him back to new york and they should have stayed together um but instead Theo has to leave so quickly that Boris stays and in lives Las with Vegas. Sandra. I want that movie. I don't because I don't want to see more yep. of that performance, and, but I want. And I, I do. I want to see a TV show about Sandra working at uh, this restaurant in on the on the Strip. 
and eating is cocktail this wieners. Stranger and, Things kid, the one that's also uh, the like one that swears a lot in the It movies. Is that the same Stranger Thing? Again, oh, it's not I've worth even. I'm not even looking up. It doesn't matter. I don't care. Um, that's the end of the Las Vegas part, which I think is we're like getting, the, we're, yeah, yeah. We're I would getting, consider like, that like closer the to the end of this movie. So like. I would say from here on out, it's mostly adult BO. Is that fair to say? Other than like um, him getting to New York again? I think so. Well, but that was like, what was really weird was like, I feel like him getting back to New York. I felt like mm-hmm. no time had passed. When he goes back to Hobart and Blackwell or whatever, it's it was, like, and he's like, is staying there again. I'm like, how much how yeah. many years has it been since the last time you slept in this house? Uh, right. We see. I think before we yeah. ever see them like vibing as children, we see a scene where he's working in Hobart and Blackwell, and he's like, and what's her face comes in, Pippa, adult Pippa, and she's like living abroad, and he like shows her the furniture. Oh yeah, and he's the person that's like feel that. That means it's old. And, like feel this. That means it's new. And she's like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, sorry, I'm yeah. about to get my third white claw. <laughs> no, it's, it's true. That's exactly. Oh my god, there was like there was something I was supposed to look up. Um, he buys this like old um, book. Oh yeah, um, yeah. He Ozma buys like a first Oz. edition because he wants to give it to her because it's like that thing. Store. Right. And then and she's like, oh, I have a book for you. And he's like about to give her this like $2,000 book. And then she's like, oh, it's just like this normal book. And so he grabs another book and realizes that like his future with Pippa is, is not the mm-hmm. way it's going. Also, you know, that like the full title of like Ozma of Oz or whatever is like basically a Fiona Apple album title. It has like a 40 words in it. Yeah, and this is this is also something I wanted to look up was like I watched some shitty TV show. I think it was either The Wizard oh, Wizard Magicians. How that? dare you? No, the Magicians. Magicians is not shitty. Wow. Please continue. Magicians. Um and I think stealing an a first edition of Ozma of Oz is like a storyline. Wonderful. Where's that in podcast? That. No, no, no. No, no, no. It was a shitty movie, a shitty TV show. It was oh, a show you. that I just learned today was that, aired in um, full on Lifetime, and then oh, Hallmark, uh, all, all one Mark, of the two, and then Mark? Netflix bought oh. it and was like an original. <laughs> Hallmark, yeah, right. And like the whole thing of that is like um, Penn Badgley goes to this uh, like her Peach's friends. No, I forget. Oh, God, I'm I'm spinning out. Um, there's a person named Peach on the show and he steals Ozma of Oz from her family's library and she like freaks out because she realizes that he stole this book. And then I was like, oh, that was fully in Goldfinch too. Please don't include this in the pod. <laughs> wow. How have we come to this? Oh, we're in the final third of the movie. We can do this. Um yeah, <laughs> we we actually skipped over um, which part? Older Nicole Kidman. He after 
they flash forward after Boris and Theo kiss. We flash forward and Theo wakes mm, up in mm-hmm. bed with Kitsy. Kitsy, who is one of the Barber children. And Kitsy and, Barber. <laughs> oh, right. We Kitsy Barber. Um, and it's older Nicole Kidman. And we see Kitsy. We see like this flash cut of of Theo trying to like get with, like see Kitsy at her house, but like there's a friend who's just like, you can't come in, you can't come in, you can't come in. And then Theo's like on the street and Theo sees Kitsy with mm, Tom Cable DJ and Tom they're like Cable, making out on the street. DJ Tom, Tom Cable. Oh yeah. And Theo is marrying <laughs> okay. Kitsy. I don't know if we covered that. This is like so. It's, this is it so is convoluted. Like, that, like um, this child that Nicole Kidman like basically thought of as like one of her own is like formally joining the family and like what a complex set of emotions that must be. I think I I, I should also yeah. say and I haven't said this yet. I do think that Nicole for the role that this is, I think is objectively good in this movie. I think it's she a really amazing. Good like I I knew I was seeing this for a Nicole podcast but i was like she truly like carries her character through yeah, the movie of all the characters well. and like their journey hers is because at least, like perhaps you know, the most sensical yeah and like theo like lifts her out of her, her depression by marrying her daughter even though there's mm-hmm. a lot of issues with that but like she definitely like makes her a little journey through the movie um, is there anything? Oh, okay. So I guess like what's left is like some of the Dennis O'Hare stuff and then like adult Boris, right? Yep. Grown up Boris is at the top of my new sheet of paper. <laughs> right. He shows up. His accent is yep. not better than the child one, which I guess at least they had like that for but... symmetry. Right. But he's hot. I'm into it. He was hot. Again, I thought it was Gideon Glick. It's not. Um. Um, he's a bad dude too they like run into him because how does he stumble into that like russian bar because he needs drugs and we find out that like Mm. he's been keeping the painting Mm -hmm. he's been keeping the painting in a storage unit um where he also keeps his drugs so he like i guess so he can't do them all at once um sure and he does drugs and he realizes he's out of drugs and he calls someone who tells him to go to this Russian bar and he gets like acute, like they're like, who, who are you here for? Like, we don't know this person, Katrina or whatever. And just about uh, as he's about to leave with no drugs, Boris is like, Potter. <laughs> um, Potter. Uh, and they are reunited. Um we find out that Theo took conversational Russian in college because of uh, Boris. Oh yeah, that's sweet. Boris His reaction to that is sweet. Yeah. Um, Boris keeps saying, I'm so sorry for what I did to you. It's fate that we like are reunited. Um, they go for like a party night and they're doing drugs in the car. And Boris just keeps saying, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. 
Um, and you think it's because he didn't go with him. He didn't go back to New York with him. And then you find out that Boris actually stole the painting. Yeah. Cause the whole time he's had it like wrapped in newsprint and he takes it out of like, and he just like hugs it and smells the newsprint, which is disgusting. Which is like kind of a gag. Like Um, I was a little surprised as a viewer. Maybe I'm stupid, but I was surprised. I was very surprised as a reader that the painting was not there. Um, it was interesting because in like, I think in the book, it was taped underneath his bed, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. to the top of the mattress. Um, so it was like harder for him to check versus like in the movie where he just like keeps grabbing yeah. it and, then- and holding it. Because like, imagine an old, it's an old painting <laughs> that was wrapped in newspaper, but then he finally unwraps it and it turns out it's a civics textbook yeah and then Boris also says like you showed it to me that night that we were like super lit right and so that's like the flashback to yeah they're like because you you would never expected it but it turns out that Theo told him when he was like and he uses it we already kind of know this because Dennis O'Hare tells us in like a previous scene um, where he's like I know about you I know what you did um, but like it's being used as collateral in a drug deal in like Miami. Right. So right. then they have a fantastic voyage there. Yes. Well, no, it's a fantastic voyage to Amsterdam, isn't it? Uh, yeah. 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 They go to Amsterdam. But it was, it was. They go to Amsterdam. They go to Amsterdam. This is like, we should wrap this up quickly. It, <laughs> um, it turns out that. Oh my God. What did I write? All I know is that Ansel Elgort kills a man. Is that fair to say? He yeah. kills a man. Oh, I thought it said gay with painting, but it just says guy with painting. So I was writing in the dark. Um, <sighs> and I also wrote Ansel is a killer. Mm-hmm. Um, he killed his Oscar chances and, and okay. he killed that oh, man. Well, they go, they go to like get the painting. They have some money. They have 40,000, I don't know, euros or something. <laughs> and then Theo has like a check and Theo's pretending to be like a rich American businessman. They go, they get the painting in a, in a briefcase. They like have a shady deal. They kill Like they shoot some people. Um, and then they're all bragging about it in a, in a, like a vacated, garage and you're just like what the fuck are you guys doing as soon as they like show the painting a bunch of people with guns come up and like pointed at boris and theo and they try to kill them all but no like weirdly none of the theo like theo and boris don't die but in the meantime theo manages to like grab a gun and shoot a guy in the head while another person runs away with a painting and then they flash back to like Theo writhing on the hotel floor, like moaning that he killed a man. Do you want to interrupt? No, I was just going to say like his whole behavior in that scene is so funny because like as soon as shit goes down, they're in like a, a restaurant situation or something, something where there's like a kitchen in the yeah. back. And he immediately is like, there's two more people back there and he's got like the whole place scoped out. Right. And just the way that he like shoots a man execution style is like, yeah, we know you've yeah. like done drugs, but that doesn't necessarily mean that you're like ready to murder in cold blood as like quickly as you did here. That's all right. I was going to say. And then, 
Well, and then as soon like he kills the guy, and then he d- they flash back to his hotel room, and he does drugs, and he like lies down in bed, and that's finally when you see his mom, mm-hmm. like he's like dying in his bed. Yeah, they don't show her face like, oh. until that point, which is crazy because again, you see her face in the trailer, right? And you're like, oh, he finally saw his mom. What a sweet moment. He's about to die. And then Boris it's like like, that, wakes him up. It's like that moment. I'm so sorry. It's like that moment in Phantom Thread, a movie I know that you saw because we saw it together when he's like very, very sick. Yes. And he sees his mom in the like, doorway. Oh my God. You're so right. When she's like in the room. That was him. also the moment. And I'm so sorry to admit this on, on air, but that was the moment when we saw it together that I like went pee. And then also, right. Yeah. I was like, and right then in that is the right never cursed moment. moment. <laughs> it's like the two most important yep. parts of the movie. We also saw that at the Alamo Draft House, mm-hmm. in Sa- but that was in San Francisco. You, like, ran across all of us to go to the bathroom. Yeah, I, I, we were, like, in the, like, front row side. Anyway, I saw that movie, like, three front more times row. in the theater, yep. so it doesn't matter. Oh, so good. Um, Boris wakes him up. Um, oh, he... Um, and lets him know, like, they, like... Boris makes him throw up in the in the bathroom. Oh yeah, he makes him like they, go he, walk outside. Breakfast. Yeah, he's like, you gotta wake up. You're not gonna. This isn't gonna happen. You're not gonna die. I have to tell you something. He gets him breakfast um, and says, "Happy Christmas, Potter." Which I was like totally thinking of you the whole yeah, time. Yeah, that like, got like um, so like much. probably I would say like twenty percent laughter and like twenty percent groaning and like sixty percent silence in the theater that I saw it in people yeah, were dying i don't that i don't think we got any reaction yeah um but it turns out that while theo was like dying in bed mm-hmm. they or like you know dealing with the repercussions of his actions um they had the government the or boris had let the government know that this painting had been stolen <laughs> They tracked it down. You know, he called the the, the stolen arts police, called, like Carmen Sandiego, and they were, who recover something like that. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, and they no, she would have stolen it. Oh, you're right. She would have called Carmen Sandiego. The bad. Were the people that recover the stuff because it was always like crazy. The like gum, she was like she stole. Shoes. Yeah, she was gum like she shoes. stole the Statue of Liberty. Yeah. Um, that was it. Was always our job to find You're it. Right. Sorry, I, I missed the point of that entire series. <laughs> um, and what am I saying? Um, they basically found the painting, and because Theo let the painting get stolen, they found you know hundreds of other. Right, because prior to this, there's like a big climactic scene where like Jeffrey Wright finds out that he has it and he's like, you took a thing that should have been, this is like, again, crux of the trailer. He's like, you took a thing that like should have been immortal and like basically you like ended its life and it like won't continue to live on because like you were selfish and you stole it because like you and your mom thought you had a connection to it. So Theo's like kind of redeemed by like, like, And we get a backstory that the original painter of the of the painting had died in an explosion as well. Oh, yeah. And weirdly, Which, like, painting okay. was the only thing that survived. Um, gold, and so, binge. yeah. I mean, there's a lot of stuff that was missing, like the fact that 
this painting was his mom's favorite painting and the fact that, you know, he blamed himself for his mom dying mm-hmm. and that's why he kept it. So I feel like a lot of the <sighs> sentimentality of it was missing from the actual movie. Yeah, they do play up how she wants to go back and see like the anatomy painting or whatever. Which in the book she hates. Oh, interesting. Um, mm-hmm. I don't remember what it was that I just watched, but oh god, this is gonna be such a bad story. Oh, it was something, and please don't at me. But someone they were they were reviewing that same painting, and like oh, interesting. They were, the idea is like all these men have like a cadaver in front of them or a patient or something, and they're looking at a book, and the book is like you can't see what they're looking at. Um. Uh, anyway, this is uh, not neither here nor there, but it is the same painting. Anyway, uh, how does this movie end? <laughs> um, oh, no, I just folded up my piece of paper and threw it away. Um, I mean, that's pretty much it. That he, like, is redeemed and I think doesn't that's die. Wait, no, no, but there's, 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 wait, 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 he doesn't die. Um, it ends with the full scene. It yeah. ends with the full flashback. That's what it does. Yes, but it's it's him with his mom, mm-hmm. and at the same time, he's walking with Nicole Kidman and looking at, like, paintings with her. Are you serious? I don't remember that. Yeah. Yeah. He's, like, walking through the museum, what? but at the same time, he's walking with Nicole oh, that's at, like, their wedding. <laughs> I was wedding clearly so checked out. I just remember that they finally show, like, Pippa and... Mom, wealthy. Oh, right, and then yeah, and then they show, they show his mom and Theo and Welty and Pippa standing next to him. Oh, that Nicole Kidman detail is lovely, and I genuinely don't remember that. Yeah, I can't believe we talked about Hmm. that for an hour and a half. I mean, I I hope you edit it. Well, I've got even worse news for you because I've got a. Couple more activities for you. Just some light housekeeping. <laughs> We're going to breeze right through these. I have three activities for you. In fact. Okay. Uh, very quickly, <laughs> no. we are going to <laughs> rate this movie. So as you remember, oh, right. our listeners might not, I'm going to give you some categories, one through five, five being the highest on various elements mm-hmm. of the film. Mm-hmm. Um, it's up to you to decide how you want to rate these. But the first one will be the wigs in the film. Five out of five. I agree. It's a we get very quote unquote. We get wiggy three, movie. three distinct, three distinct Nicole wigs. It's a great wig movie for her alone, but there are countless others in addition to it. And for that alone, I think it's great. Um, yeah. How do you feel about the? I mean, I did. No, go ahead. No, oh, go ahead. Go ahead. I'm no. I just wanted to know, like, did that? Did Pippa shave her head for her? Like, mm, I'm gonna go out on a limb and say there's no way. <laughs> Wow. I'm still fooled by wig wigotry. Mm-hmm. Well, because that's like bald headetry. Like, how do you fake that? Can't be done. Um, Wait, so you're saying she did? She did no, shave I'm her head. No, I'm saying there's like a skin cap or something. But it was like buzz cut. Okay, I don't have time to explain to you how that could work, but I'm okay. just saying, you gave it a five, and honestly, it's a five whether or not she shaved her head. Yep. No, I'm, I just, I am not including it in the rating. 
Um, how do you feel about the accents in this film? We've already talked about one ad nauseum. No. This is sweet. So this is these are all the accents so in the film. I've always said that this it's up to you. You can base it on just Nicole, you can base it on the movie as a whole, really, whatever okay. speaks to you. I'm basing I'm giving it a three based on Nicole's accent because it's just so bland. Okay. Like it's not it's not good, it's not bad. It's just like straight down the middle, like boring American okay. accent that's not necessarily good. Um, I don't disagree with that. I think it's effective in its understatedness, which is a three in my mind. Mm. Um, on the Naomi Watts scale, so like, could Naomi Watts play this movie? Oh, Did they talk about it? I know. I forgot about this too. Um, this was the one I forgot about. I was like literally on the drive home trying to remember them, but I had to rate these on. <laughs> this is a good one though, because this is, I, I don't think this makes a strong case for Naomi personally. Mm-mm. I think that this is like banking on Nicole's like A-list Miley okay. star. Right. Game. I would give it a one. Okay. I would give it a one, but instead I'm going to give it a two okay. because of, because of what we talked about with the like controversy, because I feel like at some point Nicole talked to Naomi about like how they had to re configure them. Okay, movie. so you think not necessarily that Nicole, that Naomi should play this part, but that they did speak about the hubbub around her. Right. Okay. Right. Um. Next. There's no way with like the whole year of like reconfiguration. Sure, they had they to talk about talk something. About yeah. Um. <laughs> what about approachability? So if you see, uh, I don't remember her first name, but Mrs. Barber on the street. What is her name? I can tell you. I mean, I had the IMDb page pulled up, but let's see. Please, please. I need I need to know what her <laughs> name is. Uh, Samantha. Oh, yeah, she has my name. Samantha Barber. Wow. Sorry. Um, I feel like approachability, I would give her mm, a four. Cool. There's so many there's so many pictures of her in that like you know just outside her New York home <laughs> that photo that photo I used for the tweet where she has her tongue sticking out yeah. <laughs> Exactly. <sighs> <sighs> okay. Like yeah. I I have no good reason. No, I think it's like, I was it, I was hovering my fingers were hovering between a 3 and a 4. She just looks, she just looks friendly like there's nothing about her except for like the part where she's a shut-in that she yeah that there's was, truly like, no of all the of all the barbers she's the only one i guess andy but she's the only one without like a dark side to her there's no right, moment where like exactly. but she drinks she's just like a person that loves theo um yeah and she has like shitty children and a shitty husband yeah she's a shitty life um what yeah. about the Scientology scale? So a five being um, this is completely in flux with Scientology's uh, tenets. One being this is like Scientology propaganda. Where do you think this movie falls? I'm going to be the person who's like, wait, Sarah. No, it's fine. <laughs> I, I did a really <laughs> shit job. Um, a five would be, I feel like, let me just. Five is, it's not Scientology. Yes. And one is it yes. is Scientology. I love the scale that I did. It is five. a five. Because there's drugs and gay, it is gay a, suggestion. It is a five. 
gay, drugs, like shooting, crime. like everything bad, suicide, crime, wealth, yeah, avarice, <laughs> like all those things. Sloth, lust. Um, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Okay, great. We're trucking right along. This movie's doing great. Uh, and in terms mm. of iconicness, where does this fall in Nicole's career? I think it's a one. Okay, interesting. It's like a one or a two. So I'm just going with one because like, I feel like I gave plus points on, I gave points on the plus side. Yeah. It's hard to tell now because I think it like, um, it's, it will obviously it's so fresh and it has like had, maybe it still has, who knows Oscar potential, but yeah, like in five years, will this be like lion where everyone's like, Oh yeah, she did get a nomination for that versus like, you know, Moulin Rouge or something. Yeah. I feel like she was one of the best parts of it. I think she's the best part But it part still it. is viewed as like, yeah, I just feel like it's not going to go down as a historic Great. movie. Um, that gives you a score of 20 out of 30. Um, we're going to come back to the scale mm. in just a moment. Uh, we won't oh be talking God. about this. We're tearing through this. Okay. One task for you. Well, second to last task for you. Uh, every guest, including yourself, has done something very specific for this podcast, which was recount the summary of Big Little Lies, the limited series no. in 60 seconds. We're in a very fortunate position now that we are living in a post Big Little Lies season two world. Uh, so <laughs> um, without further ado, whenever you feel ready, I will have you try and recount the quote unquote plot of season two of Big Little Lies. I cannot believe this. Okay. Um, okay. Go. I'm ready. Okay. In season two of Big Little Lies, Bonnie's mom is a sea witch. <laughs> um, Madeline Martha McKenzie literally does nothing. There's like no character development for her entire character in the whole thing. Shailene Woodley is. Um, suddenly working at an aquarium and has like a weird little um, boyfriend. Um, Renata Klein loses all of her money um, and ends up hitting her husband with a baseball bat. Um, Celeste, stepmom, Meryl Streep, um, tries to steal her children away from her. Um, It turns out that Celeste's children have an iPad video of her getting abused by Perry. Um, it turns out that Meryl Streep killed one of her own children. Time. Oh! <laughs> that was, I mean, here's a couple of things I'll say. One, love that you started with Bonnie. Because no one, some people didn't even mention Bonnie last last season. Uh, two, you calling Meryl Streep Nicole's uh, stepmother. <laughs> oh, is she not her stepmom? No, she's her mother-in-law. Oh. <laughs> Which is like a stepmom when you get married to someone. Oh, well, I don't know anything about mixed blended family. <laughs> also, just the phrase, an iPad video. iPad? What? A video on her iPad. No, I mean, it's it's not incorrect. Just they had an iPad video. Yep. There's a lot of iPad in this season. There's so much iPad. 
Oh, okay. That was wonderful. Thank you so much. That's getting locked in the Disney vault. Um, who knows? I was just glad that I could remember um, Alexander Skarsgård's name. Oh, like Perry? Or yeah, like Perry. Christ-given name. Perry. Okay. Um, okay. Are you ready to do something that has not been done before, which is just very quickly talk about who won the Golden Compass? Yes, I'm, I'm so excited. Because... I'm so excited because <sighs> yeah. I feel like I did the titular award-winning movie because obviously the Golden Compass is going to win the Golden Compass Award. Okay, let me get this out of the way and say that both of your films, The Golden Compass and The Goldfinch, have a score of 20 out of 30, which puts them in eighth place. And I'm saying eighth because I hate those polls where if there's like a tie in first, it's like first, first, and then right. third. Like right. that makes no sense to me. So this is cumulative eighth place. Um, so you did not win. Uh, but I figured the way to do this might be, and we'll see how long this takes, this might be a failed endeavor. Um, since I never talked about this, and since I think the movies that are left probably won't end up on here, not to prejudge, um, I thought it might be funny if I try to get you to guess them really quick by describing the wigs. Mm -hmm. I don't know how successful this will be, like all of my ideas. I have zero faith in myself. But I'm going to count upwards from fifth place and go up there. Again, I really don't know how this is going to work. I might have to go outside of wigs, but fifth place is a movie where she's wearing an, what I would describe as like an old lady wig. It kind of looks like the wig it, that Norman Bates' mom has in Psycho. Um, it's also her only Oscar. And oh. it's the first episode of this podcast. Right. It's um, The Hours. Wonderful. Thank you. Uh, in four, <laughs> So The Hours with 23 points, fifth place. Wow. Um, yeah. Fourth place, there's a, a couple that are tied here. So this is like a blonde short wig very heavy makeup um and also this is a movie where she pees on zach Efron. oh the paperboy thank you i've seen um, half of it yeah listen you're doing great so far you only needed to see a little bit of it to get this right mm-hmm. uh also tied for fourth place um it's a fiery red wig it's most known for a gif where she says personally speaking i can't wait for oh. to tear you apart um <sighs> the I don't know. I know. Kinda, it's it's a movie called Stoker. It's yes, I was like the vampire one, but I didn't want to say that. <laughs> um, it's like Bram Stoker. Yeah. <laughs> um. Okay. This is another old lady wig. It's based on a real person's wig, and that real person follows me on Twitter. And it's a movie that came out recently. <laughs> Um, 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 it's like, I know, I know, I know, I know. Um, it's the mom. It's, mm-hmm, it's a mom role. Right. Um, oh, it's a gay movie. Right. Um, the, oh, I want to say the, <laughs> not that one. <laughs> <laughs> this is such a good idea I had after we've both had multiple drinks. Yep. Um, uh, Billy Cameron. Wonderful. Boy erased. (laughs) Um, This one's unique because it's uh, like her only movie where her one and only wig is like very, very short, but it's short and brown and it's my favorite Nicole performance. Short and brown and your favorite? It's like a, it's a brown pixie cut. 
And also, I saw this movie at Alamo SF, maybe with you. No. It was a weird Wednesday, and it was for my birthday. I don't know if you... I wasn't. Did you or Jordan? This is a great game for our listeners. I know. Isn't everyone... Oh, of course. Of course. These ones... These ones I think you can get. So in third place, no tie here. Um, it's a short black wig in the opening scene and like a couple scenes after. And then it is a series of crazy ultra blonde wigs. It's not once she's converted. It's, not, it's Stepford Wives. Yes. Okay. Um, second place, probably her most iconic red wig. Most? I Probably the movie. Oh, Moulin Rouge. Moulin Rouge. Yes. And then tied for first, we have a two-way tie. Um, Grace and Monaco. Iconic... <laughs> yes, it's Grace and Monaco. Uh, iconic blonde newscaster wig. Iconic blonde bombshell. <laughs> the unreleased bombshell. Yes, um, she literally play- she plays a newscaster for part of this. She also is a murderess in this movie. Uh, there's ice skating involved. Oh my gosh, have you never seen To Die For? That's Mm-mm. fine if you haven't. Mm-mm. Oh, okay. I love this game. I was like, um, like I truly was reaching for the interpreter, and I was like, "There's no way." <laughs> the interpreter is blonde. Very low, she's, but, blonde. Okay. she's blonde. She is. Yeah, I tweeted that photo today. Um, okay, so the To Die For is our Golden Compass winner, tied with another iconic Nicole performance. I feel like this is a movie that either you and Jory love. Um, she's got, like, stringy red hair in this, and she's side-by-side side with another female who has a lovely brown wig in it that could possibly be her real hair. I think they both could possibly have their rem- rem- remnants, I'm drunk, of their real hair. <laughs> Say this again. It's a it's a spooky movie. It's oh, like kind of oh, seasonal. of course, yes. Um, practical magic. Yes. <laughs> so our winners are practical wow. magic and to die for okay. almost perfect score of twenty seven out of thirty, which I feel like is very apt. <laughs> I feel like those are great contenders. Practical magic is definitely a favorite. Household favorite. Um, very quickly, I'm going to say what the losers are. Um, and I'm not going to make you guess them because there's simply no way. Uh, but in Windrunner's place. <laughs> no, Windrunner's in the middle. Windrunner's a good movie. Or Windrider, rather. Oh, sorry. sorry. That's my fault. Uh, <laughs> so before I go to sleep, which is like a. Uh, suspenseful 51st date. That is true. But Mike. that's truly like something I've wanted to watch since I heard the episode of the pod. <laughs> yeah, it's fine. Um, a movie called Genius, which is just like very perfunctory uh, biopic. Uh, Trespass, which is her Nicolas Cage movie where she doesn't do anything. Um, the Peacemaker, which is her George Clooney action maker. And the lowest reviewed movie. Oh, wait, this is not in the right order. Dun, dun, dun! No, 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 I'm sorry, it is. I was looking at... Oh, I'm so stupid. I'm also a little drunk. I have two columns. One is the score, and one is uh, the ranking. (laughs) And so, obviously, the the highest number ranking is the lowest-ranked film. 
Um, but the lowest film is 2018's Destroyer, the movie that caused Wiggate, the movie that started it all. Destroyer, yeah. down there. It got high marks in... Wiggatry? Nothing. It got low marks in Wiggatry oh, and, no. and, and accent. <laughs> Whew. So we've done it officially. I've announced the Golden Compass. This has been quite an endeavor. Yeah. Uh, I apologize for I've anyone who's made it this far. <laughs> <sighs> I guess this is the part where I normally have people plug things. Do you want to mm. plug your Twitter? Or Not really. Um, you live in a new city. I do. I live in Los Angeles. Um, I moved in April. So if you're in Los Angeles and you want to hang out on the weekends, because I have no social life on the weekdays, <laughs> um, say, hey, I am Jolp, J-U-L-P, on Twitter. Or Lamb Time on Instagram. That's L-A-M-B-T-I-M-E. Um, say hey. <sighs> that was good. Um, I guess I'll say pl- uh, to follow the podcast. I think yeah. there's a bombshell episode in the makings. There might be some big little lie stuff. Who knows? It's at the Kid Manifesto. You can also just follow me at Sam Herbst. Um, you know, keep us in your subscribe queue. We won't show up often but we like to pop in here and here and anon uh with new updates um should i play us out i really want to play us out to jaiho normally sure I ask, but... i'm i'm i don't support it but i will allow it to happen <laughs> do you have a better suggestion there can't be a better suggestion other than like beethoven um yeah i mean it's definitely the more refined choice to go with, but sure. Jai Ho. Thank you. Um, ladies and gentlemen, please enjoy the dulcet tones of what I believe is A.R. Raman and Nicole <laughs> Scheringer in Jai Ho in parentheses, You Are My Destiny. Uh, Lammy, thank you so much. Um, I miss you I so much. Oh, I miss you too. It's hard to believe that just mere meters away, we sat at my kitchen table and were so drunk that you could hear the sounds of a wine bottle clinking for an hour and a half as we talked about the Golden Compass. Oh yeah, sorry. Let me clink my empty. <laughs> I feel like life. With Mac. I should get life with Mac to be yes guest on this podcast. Yes, absolutely. All right, stay tuned for that. Enjoy Jai Ho, Lammy. I love you, and um, we'll talk soon, Kid Maniacs. <laughs> Good night. Bye.